Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Judges. Hey, faithful listeners, welcome to the Bible Explained podcast on this lovely Wednesday morning where every single Monday, Wednesday and Friday, I talk about a portion of the Old Testament and we happen to be in the book of Judges right now. So we are in Judges chapter five and we're talking about Deborah's song. And this portion of her song is fascinating to me because it really speaks, I think, to what's going on nowadays with all the distractions that we have in our life that cause us to not get up and do what God tells us to do. So let's go ahead and read Judges chapter five, verses 12 through 23. But before we begin that, my newest YouTube video is up. It's about egalitarianism versus complementarianism and what women's roles are in the Bible and whether or not I should even be doing a biblical podcast according to scripture. So that is up on YouTube and that is linked in the description of this podcast episode. And if you would like to support P40 Ministries or the Bible Explained podcast, please go over to uh, to YouTube and subscribe because that's an excellent way to support this ministry. But okay, let's go ahead and read Judges chapter five, verses 12 through 23 today. I'll be reading out of W.E.B. Feel free to grab the version of the Bible that you prefer. And let's jump right in. Awake, awake, Deborah, awake, awake, utter a song. Arise, Barak, and lead away your captives, you son of Abinoam. Then a remnant of the nobles and the people came down. Yahweh came down for me against the mighty. Those whose root is in Amalek came out of Ephraim. After you, Benjamin, among your peoples. Governors came down out of Machir. Those who handle the marshal's staff came out of Zebulun. The princes of Issachar were with Deborah. As was Issachar, so was Barak. They rushed into the valley at his feet. By the watercourses of Reuben, there were great resolves of heart. Why did you sit among the sheepfolds to hear the whistling for the flocks? At the watercourses of Reuben, there were great searchings of heart. Gilead lived beyond the Jordan. Why did Dan remain in ships? Asher sat still at the haven of the sea and lived by his creeks. Zebulun was a people that jeopardized their lives to the death. Naphtali also on the high places of the field. The kings came and fought. Then the kings of Canaan fought at Tanakh by the waters of Megiddo. They took no plunder of silver. From the sky, the stars fought. From their courses, they fought against Sisera. The river Kishon swept them away. That ancient river, the river Kishon. My soul, march on with strength. Then the horse hooves stamped because of the prancing, the prancing of their strong ones. Curse morose, said Yahweh's angel. Curse bitterly its inhabitants. Because they didn't come to help Yahweh to help Yahweh against the mighty. So what we read today, this is the second portion of Deborah's song. And this portion starts out by saying, awake, awake, Deborah, awake, awake, utter a song. So this means that Deborah is woke. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry for that. But when you think of somebody being awake, you think of them as somebody who is not lazy, somebody who sees the truth, somebody who's like ready to go. And that's what Deborah is singing about herself, because most likely this was Deborah singing the song. And so she's singing, awake, awake, Deborah, awake, awake, utter a song. And so it's, it's really important that she mentions that twice, that maybe, maybe Deborah herself struggled with some amount of passivity or even laziness 
that she recognizes that flaw in herself. And so that's why she says, awake, awake, Deborah, awake, awake, and utter a song. But that's just my own interpretation of that. Then she says, arise, Barak, and lead away your captives, you son of Abinoam. This is basically the only time Barak is mentioned. He's mentioned this time and then a little bit later in uh, the next portion that we're just about to talk about. So Barak obviously had some captives. We know that Sisera's army was basically completely defeated on the day of that battle, the big battle. But I'm sure there were some captives after they went in and actually defeated King Jabin. So there are probably some captives. And so that's what uh, Deborah's singing about here. Arise, Barak, and lead away your captives, you son of Abinoam. So that means, Barak, take your captives away because you have won this battle. Then the next part, which is 13 through 18, is the most interesting part to me because this is talking about each individual tribe of Israel and what they did and did not do. So the first part talks about the remnant. And I feel like I hear the term remnant all the time. Now, I feel like everybody's talking about the remnant. Oh, there's only a remnant of the church left, basically. But when I think of the term remnant, I think of like a a big piece of cloth that a little piece gets like taken off of. And the little piece is like the remnant. And so the idea of a remnant is the good piece that God saved from the big bad piece, if that makes sense. And that's what Deborah's talking about here. A remnant of the nobles. So the few good nobles left and the few good people left in Israel came down. Yahweh came down for me against the mighty. And so Deborah is talking about how Yahweh helped her, how Yahweh helped her against the the mighty. Then verse 14 says, those whose roots is an Amalek came out of Ephraim after you, Benjamin, among your people. So Ephraim and Benjamin were the first to go in to help Barak defeat Sisera. So basically, Benjamin and Ephraim, those two tribes led the way into this battle. Governors came out of Makir. So Makir is actually the half tribe of Manasseh that lives beyond the Jordan River. And so that's kind of an interesting name for them. So uh, half tribe Manasseh came in and helped as well. Those who handled the marshal's staff came out of Zebulun. So, so far we have Benjamin and Ephraim, Makir or the half tribe of Manasseh and Zebulun that came to help in this battle. As well as Issachar, it says in verse 15, the princes of Issachar were with Deborah. As was Issachar, so was Barak. So Barak is mentioned here once again. And I think this is the last time in this song that uh, Barak is mentioned, which is kind of interesting. But it says Issachar went with Barak and Issachar was willing to sacrifice themselves. It said that they were actually at the feet of Barak. So they were like willing to sacrifice of themselves and follow Barak's lead is what it says. They rushed into the valley at his feet. But here's where the song starts to get a little bit spicy. By the watercourses of Reuben, there were great resolves of heart. So basically, this battle against Sisera took place near the watercourses of Reuben. So basically nearby the tribe of Reuben, this battle broke out and took place. And so Deborah says there was so much resolve of heart with these five tribes that went to help Barak defeat Sisera's army. Such resolve of heart. But Reuben, where the heck were you? <laughs> she says in verse 16, why did you sit among the sheepfolds to hear the whistling for the flocks at the watercourses of Reuben? There were great searchings of heart. So Reuben didn't show up 
Even though they were so close to this battle, the tribe of Reuben hung out with their flocks and did not go to battle. The tribe of Reuben made the excuse that they needed to take care of their flocks and do all of that stuff rather than go help their brothers go to war against Sisera's army. So it could be that the tribe of Reuben was split on this issue. Some of them wanted to go help and others didn't. And so maybe that's why there was great searchings of heart with the tribe of Reuben. Or it could just be that the searchings of heart was, you know, Reuben just uh, being too chicken to go up. They were like searching in their heart, but yet the fear of battle was too great for them. And so they did not go up to battle. And they made the excuse here that their sheep were more important because clearly the tribe of Reuben were primarily shepherds. That's what it says here. They were listening for the whistling of the flocks instead of listening to the drums of war, basically. And I mean, how common is that nowadays? We here in America make so many excuses to not do the right thing. Like we just need to mind our business and just do, you know, our normal routines instead of fighting for what is right. That's the excuse America likes to make because we are so busy all the time. We pride ourselves, maybe not so much anymore, but we pride ourselves on being really busy all the time. And busyness is dangerous because busyness clouds our view from what is really important. I, uh, it, over the years, I sometimes use busyness as an excuse to not do like more important things. Basically, I'll be like, oh, I'm too busy for that. I don't, I don't really want to go help with that particular, you know, ministry over there. I don't really want to help with this. I'd rather just do my own business and, you know, stay out of things because just doing what you're comfortable doing is safe. Reuben was using the excuse of their sheep to not go to war because their sheep were safer than war. And then Deborah goes on to sing, Gilead lived beyond the Jordan. Why did Dan remain in ships? So Dan also did not go to war. They instead remained in their ships. They said, no, we have to, you know, just stay in our ships and we have to go and do our business with our shipping industry. We don't have time to go and help you guys in war. We would rather just mind our own business and continue doing that. And then the last tribe that didn't help was Asher. Asher sat still at the haven of the sea and lived by his creeks. So Asher had a haven by the sea, and that was much more important for them than going up to war. So that's another thing America is very prone to do. We're very prone to just be comfortable in our own little havens and not want to leave our little havens to go out and do something more scary, more dangerous. We use so many distractions like our phones and social media and the news outlets and whatever else we're consuming and listening to, entertainment, music. We use all of those distractions to not go and do what we're supposed to do. We want our comfortable, cozy lives instead of going out and doing the harder, more scary thing. That harder, scary thing was such a good thing in the end because God helped Israel defeat Sisera in the most miraculous way. The Israelites who went to war were blessed because 
They got out of their comfort zones and they went and did what they were supposed to do. They didn't sit by their havens at the seashore. They didn't uh, busy themselves with their trading ships and their and their sheep folds. Instead, they went out to battle and did what God called them to do. And here's the thing. Here's what's interesting about this. Verse 18, Zebulun was a people that jeopardized their lives to the death. So why would Deborah mention Zebulun again? It's because Zebulun was also a shipping port and was also big with like the ships. And yet they were able to leave their ships, unlike the tribe of Dan, to go and sacrifice their lives. And also the tribe of Naphtali on the high places of the field. So Naphtali that lived the furthest north were able to come down and help Israel defeat Sisera. Then in verse 19, through 23 to conclude the kings came and fought then the kings of canaan fought at tanak by the waters of megiddo so there was a lot of fighting going on of these kings of canaan that came to like help sisera's army that came to help the king of jabin all these kings apparently came down to fight against israel and yet all these kings were defeated by israel and by these few tribes these six tribes that came out to help. Half of the tribes of Israel came to help Israel defeat uh, this these nations of kings. And those six tribes, the remnant of Israel, was able to defeat many kings. And they took no plunder of silver. Verse 20, from the sky, the stars fought. From their courses, they fought against Sisera. The river Kishon swept them away. The ancient river, the river Kishon. My soul march on with strength. So clearly something super miraculous happened here because somehow the stars fought against Sisera and against these kings. I don't know exactly what happened. Deborah did mention earlier in this song that the sky fell, the sky dropped. So it could be that there was a torrent of rain possibly, or maybe the sky fell, these stars fell. Maybe there's some sort of like meteor shower that fought against Sisera. And the river Kishon swept them away, the ancient river, the river Kishon. Maybe that was from the downpouring of rain. It overflowed Kishon, this river, and, and swept the people away. I don't know. But something miraculous clearly happened here to defeat Sisera. And so that's the thing. In the end, and this is what Deborah is bringing it all back to, God was the one ultimately who fought against Sisera. But it would have been really nice if all the tribes had been so faithful in God's miraculous power to go up and to help in some way. And yet they were not. Then Deborah says to conclude in verse 23, curse arose, said Yahweh's angel. So there was some sort of city in this area called Morose. And no one really knows what Morose is. And perhaps it's because it was cursed very early on. Morose was likely a city that the fighting took place near, right? And yet this city of Morose, nobody got out of that city. None, not one single Israelite got out of that city to go and to help their Israelite brothers. Even though the battle was like taking place potentially down the street from them, they all huddled in their city of Morose and didn't wake up 
to go do this. They didn't wake up like Deborah woke up. They didn't arise like Barak did at the beginning here in verse 12. Instead, they decided to sit comfortably in their city of Morose and allow everybody else to do the fighting for them. And then that's the last thing I want to point out here in America. A lot of times we're like, oh, somebody else is going to take care of it for us. We don't have to do that that thing, you know, somebody else will take care of it. But that is an excuse to not do what we are supposed to do. So here's here's the three ways from this song alone that I see America doing the exact same thing. We use busyness and our own jobs and our own comfortable lives to not go do the hard thing. Whatever God is calling us to do or whatever whatever we should be fighting for, standing up for, we don't do it because we're too comfortable we're too busy and we're too worried about our own jobs, our own careers, our own businesses. We're too distracted with our entertainment and our comfort in that area. And then lastly, we just assume that those problems are other people's problems. Yet God curses this city named Morose. It says Yahweh's angel, which could be Jesus, cursed morose curse bitterly its inhabitants because they didn't come to help yahweh to help yahweh against the mighty so because they were passive yahweh's angel cursed bitterly that city and every single inhabitant in that city so i want you to think about this do you want to be cursed bitterly by yahweh i don't think so (laughs) so whatever god is telling you to do whatever God is calling you to do. Pray about it, think about it, and just go and do it. Because even though it's going to seem hard at first, it's going to be so worth it for you in the end. If you just do what God is calling you to go and do, you're going to see the good God did through that scary thing that he called you to go do. All right, faithful listeners. Well, I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I thought it was fascinating. And if you did like it, please tell people that the Bible Explained podcast exists. Word of mouth is fantastic. And you know what? I am so thankful to you guys for tuning into the podcast. I'm about to hit half a million downloads on this podcast. And that is all thanks to you guys. So I decided for my half million download, I'm going to do a special YouTube video where I reveal something very embarrassing to you guys about myself. (laughs) And here is what I'm going to reveal to you. I am going to reveal a CD that I and my sister produced about 12 years ago. And it is embarrassing. (laughs) But I'm going to share one of the songs on that CD for you. And that is going to be my half million download reveal. Now, when I hit a million downloads, I decided I'm going to do a husband reveal because I talk about my husband quite a bit and I've never shown you guys what he looks like, but that's that's in the future. That's down the road. And I will force my husband on the podcast and on the YouTube page for a husband reveal. All right, guys. Well, I am just so thankful that you have been enjoying the podcast. It's been very, very exciting for me to go through this journey with you guys and to go through the Bible. This has just been so transformative for me personally. I hope it has been for you guys as well. All righty, faithful listeners. I will see you all for an episode out of Acts chapter four tomorrow. 
Happy listening and God bless.